you are listening to Pursumedia Minutes. Here is the bottom line and above, from Pursumedia Weekly Newsletter, published on July 19, 2023. To sign up for our Iran Weekly Newsletter and to learn more about our advanced AI solutions, please get in touch with us. A Tale of Two Tantrums It seems like we just can't write enough about Iran's relations with Russia these days. Just a few weeks ago we were noting how quickly Tehran rushed to support Russian President Vladimir Putin during the Wagner mutiny, and how that illustrated converging Iranian and Russian interests and their increasingly close alignment. This past week, the Pursumedia Daily Summary published several articles chronicling the explosion of indignation in the Nizam after Russia and the GCC issued a mostly anodyne joint statement supporting a peaceful solution to the dispute between Iran and the UAE over ownership of three Persian Gulf islands. Adding insult to injury, the statement was issued at the end of a joint Russia-GCC ministerial-level strategic dialogue. Much as it recently learned with China, the Islamic Republic is discovering that strategic relations with Russia is not an exclusive, monogamous union, but more like being a member of the Sultan's harem, and Iran may not even be the favorite concubine. What set Iran off was the implied questioning of Iran's sovereignty over the three islands, which the Shah seized in 1971 by force majeure shortly before UAE gained its independence from Great Britain, an act similar in kind, if not in scale to Putin's seizure of the Crimea in 2014. Especially galling was that the statement expressed support for endeavors of the United Arab Emirates to reach a peaceful solution, through bilateral negotiations or the International Court of Justice. The last thing the Nizam needs is the embarrassment of a ruling against it in the ICJ, which would reinforce its image as an aggressive, lawless, rogue nation. Under the headline, Russian Disloyalty, one conservative outlet observed that the Russia-GCC joint statement, in suggesting the ICJ might resolve the dispute, went even farther than the joint statement last year between China and the GCC, which also raised hackles in Iran. The reaction in Iran was furious across the political spectrum, fueled no doubt by Iran's long, fraught history with Russia, in which Moscow rarely wears the white hat. Reformist cleric Mohammad Taki Fazileh Mebadi used the occasion to question the Nizam's support for Russia, given Russia's 200-year history of repeated betrayal of Iran. Principalist MPs, as legislators are wont to do, rose up on the floor of the Majlis to rail against Russia's violation of Iran's red line regarding its territorial integrity and warn their strategic partner that Iran's support for Moscow was not unconditional. The Russian ambassador to Iran was called on the carpet and an explanation for the joint statement demanded by Iran's foreign ministry. When an explanation arrived several days later, Foreign Minister Hossein Amir Abdullahian publicly declared it insufficient and repeated for good measure Iran's support for a political solution to the war in Ukraine, suggesting that respect for the territorial integrity of both countries should be considered. Last December, when China and the GCC issued an almost identically worded statement on the islands, although it omitted reference to the ICJ, Tehran went through similar motions. An explanation was demanded of the Chinese ambassador, and conservative MPs reared up on their hind legs to warn Beijing about crossing Tehran's red lines while pundits made pointed references to Taiwan. But on the whole, the reaction was muted, with principalist media excusing China's signing of the joint statement as a, a mistake or simply as an expression of its desire for regional stability. 
with reformist media criticizing the government's unrealistic expectations of reliance on China, conservative outlets cautioned against doubting the eastward look policy. Unlike Russia, which has bigger fish to fry these days, China was quick to smooth ruffled Iranian feathers and address its injured amour propre. Beijing quickly dispatched Vice Premier Hu Chunhua to reassure the Iranians, and two months later gave President Ibrahim Raisi the red carpet treatment on a visit to China that was long on glitz but short on substantial accomplishments. No matter, the Nizam received what it craves most, respect. One suspects that Putin and company regard the latest Iranian histrionics with the sort of patient exasperation with which Alice Cramden regarded husband Ralph's tirades on the old honeymooners television show. They know the anger is real, but still mostly hot air. Although the state news agency Erna shamelessly tried to explain that Iran-Russia relations are not strategic, despite years of senior officials publicly declaring just the opposite, Moscow knows that, in fact, they are strategic, at least for now. Iran and Russia are the two most comprehensively sanctioned countries in the world and need each other, that's one reason bilateral trade between the two increased 20% last year and Russia is investing 1.6 billion euros to build a railway in Iran linking up with Russia. Moreover, both sides need each other for national security purposes, Russia is one of the few makers of advanced weapons willing to sell to Iran, although those much-anticipated Su-35 still haven't arrived in Iran, and Iran just about the only country willing to ply Russia with inexpensive UAVs it may use to further its aggression in Ukraine. If Tehran were really serious, they would be threatening to pull out of that deal to build a drone factory in Tatarstan, east of Moscow. Amidst all the Sturm und Drang in Tehran, the Nizam has admitted as much. Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei's longtime consigliere Ali Akbar Velayati patronizingly lectured the Russians in a long commentary in the IRGC-affiliated Tasnim, recounting their shared experience in propping up the Assad regime in Syria and urging them to be vigilant against threatening NATO machinations aimed at driving Iran and Russia apart. The IRGC covets the military technology Russia can provide, Russia has passed along to Iran Western anti-tank missiles and manpads captured in Ukraine, and, who knows, maybe eventually those Su-35s will show up. In addition, the IRGC construction conglomerate, the Hatemel Anbia Construction Headquarters is the primary railroad contractor in Iran and stands to make some money off of that north-south railway project Russia is helping to finance. It is nonetheless interesting that Iran has thrown a bigger fit over the Russian statement than they did over the Chinese statement last year. In part that may be due to the sting of a second betrayal by a strategic partner, and in part, perhaps, because of Russia's checkered track record in Iran. But Iranian officials can be tougher on Russia than on China because they know that Russia needs them almost as much as they need Iran. Putin may not like it, but he will put up with some abuse as long as the drones keep coming and Iran keeps purchasing Russian goods. But, if Iran kicked up too much of a fuss with China, Beijing likely would simply scale back its purchases of sanctioned Iranian oil. It is not unreasonable to speculate that, when Saudi Arabia executed some Shia militants in May and Iran uttered a not a peep, Tehran kept its mouth shut because it knew that China would not be happy to have its strategic partner in Iran threaten China's other strategic partners across the Persian Gulf. 
especially as China's trade with Saudi Arabia amounted to $106 billion in 2022 and its trade with Iran that year was just a skosh under $16 billion. Russia and China may view Iran as a strategic partner, but clearly some partners are more strategic than others. Pursue Media provides media research, open-source intelligence, AI-driven analytics, and strategic communications consultancy. For more information about our advanced AI solutions or to subscribe to Pursue Media products and services, please get in touch with us.